From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. At least two patients in central New York have been exposed to a tick-borne disease known as BMD that is potentially worse than Lyme disease and harder to diagnose and carried by the same species of deer tick. Here with me in the HealthLink on Air studio to discuss this is Dr. Saravanan Thangamani, a professor of microbiology and immunology at Upstate who's an expert in ticks and tick-borne diseases. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Thangamani. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, I said BMD. That's the abbreviation, but what, what is that? So that's called Borrelia miyamotoi disease. Um, it is a disease caused by relapsing fever bacterium called Borrelia miyamotoi. It was first identified in 1995 from ticks in Japan. First human case was uh, reported from Russia in 2001, and first human case in the United States was reported in 2013 from a patient uh, in New Jersey. So it's newer than Yes, some... it is newer. It is, uh, uh, the number of cases are slowly increasing. And it's bacterial. Yeah, it is a bacteria that is uh, very similar to relapsing fever Borrelia. And I must mention here that it is uh, distantly related to the Lyme disease bacterium. Although they share the same, the first name Borrelia, it doesn't mean that they are very close to Lyme disease Borrelia. They are far apart from each other. But they uh, share... The same, the same tick that tick. transmits, okay. exactly. the same tick. Well, I definitely want to get into that. Um, but I understand from news reports that at least a couple of people have been exposed to BMD here in central New York. So is this now a concern for anyone who's exposed to deer ticks? Not necessarily. It's like any other tick-borne illnesses. When you're exposed to it, there is a certain chance of getting infected by a particular a tick-borne agent, like in the case of Lyme disease, we are talking anywhere from two, 20 to 40 percent of the ticks, depending on the region we are living in. Uh, in the case of Berlin Mumotoi, uh, in nature, um, about 0.5 percent to 4 percent of the ticks are infected with Berlin Mumotoi. So the chance is rather low, but definitely uh, not as high as a Lyme disease exposure. But it's out there. It is out there, yes. Now, your laboratory has been um, receiving ticks that people submitted from all over central New York. Did you? Did any of those ticks carry BMD? Um, yes, we have found seven ticks so far from our deer tick collection, which roughly translates to 1% of the deer ticks that we have collected. All right. And I guess the state health department also sort of does surveillance for of ticks too, right? Are they seeing sort of similar levels? Yes, they in the, in the percentage wise, yes, it stands at around one percent of the ticks that they tested. The deer tick that was tested for the year twenty eighteen carry Borrelia miyamotoi bacterium. Do we know how many cases of BMD uh, patients have statewide? So. Borrelia miyamotoi is not a reportable disease, which means that we will not have a real-time data similar to a Lyme disease exposure. So, But, however, in 2017, New York State Department of Health published a report wherein they found that 1% um, of the human cases that, re that they retrospectively tested uh, from 2012 to 2014 carry Borrelia miyamotoi. So it was a retrospective study. Okay. So it roughly translates to 1% of the human cases. Okay. So 1% of the So if you um, are bit by an infected tick, and, it's, and we'll say again that it's a small percentage of ticks that carry this, but if you're unlucky enough to be bitten by one that does carry this, how certain is it that you will get the disease? 
that's a very good question that we still have to do a lot of research on it to understand the ecology of transmission of this Borrelia mimotoi from the ticks to the humans. It is a newly emerging uh, agent, so we still don't know a lot of the information as we know for Lyme disease. So that is one of the interesting aspects. A lot of researchers are interested to try to understand the processes. However, there's one difference I must mention here that the Lyme disease bacterium takes about 24 to 48 hours after a tick bite to be transmitted. However, these relapsing fever Borrelia doesn't need to wait for that long. So within, let's say, 12 to 24 hours of attachment, you will see this bacterium in your body. So it's a, so short, that's a big shorter period of time. Exactly, shorter period of attachment. And the, the reason is that uh, these are, you can find this uh, bacterium in the salivary gland of the tick, even in a naive condition. But in oh. Lyme disease bacterium, you wouldn't see them in the salivary glands. Does it uh, stand a reason that someone with a depleted immune system would be more at, at risk if they got a tick bite? That's very not? well said, exactly. So, you know, the clinical manifestation of this Borrelia miyamotoa disease is it's like any flu-like illnesses, you know, fever, nausea, vomiting, arthralgia. However, in an immunocompromised individual, it can result in meningitis or meningoencephalitis. In fact, the first human case that was identified in the United States is actually from an immunocompromised patient. This is Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Saravanan Thangamani, a professor of microbiology and immunology at Upstate, who's an expert in ticks and tick-borne diseases. Now, many Central New Yorkers are familiar with Lyme disease. We've heard about it for, for years, and we all are, are trained to look for ticks because we don't want to you know, contract Lyme disease. Can you talk about the what's similar with BMD and, and what's different with BMD versus Lyme disease? In terms of symptoms, they're pretty similar, right? In terms of the febrile illness, the acute infection symptoms in the first couple week or two, they're more, more or less you will have the similar clinical outcome. However, you wouldn't see that bullseye rash as you would see in a, in a Lyme disease case. Most of the Lyme disease cases, you would see a bullseye rash, but here... Uh, they can be asymptomatic or you will have flu-like illnesses. That kind of mirrors to the Lyme disease. The other similarity I can tell is that it's transmitted with the same tick and uh, you can treat the Borrelia miyamotoi with the same antibiotics that are used to treat Lyme disease. Like doxycycline and other, the similar, text, uh, similar antibiotic regime could be used to treat and it's been reported that it, it very well controls the infection. Now, can you diagnose BMD? Is there a test In to the tell? early infection, we can use polymer PCR to detect the DNA of the bacterium. In the later stage, we can use the antibodies that people respond in response to an infection. People develop in response to an infection can be um, serologically tested. But these are the two methods right now we have. However, the Lyme disease test could cross-react for Borrelia miyamotoi infection as well because we still don't have the very clear, accurate test for Borrelia miyamotoi. So, so for, is, from the patient's point of view, this would be like a blood test. Exactly. That would tell. Exactly. Um, now, could a tick carry both, BMD and Lyme? That's a very interesting question. So uh, we have, out of the ticks that we tested, four of the ticks um, that carry both, four of the ticks carry both the Borrelia burgdorferi, the Lyme disease agent, and Borrelia miyamotoi. And I checked the state um, uh, New York State Public Health uh, Surveillance record for the 2018. It roughly translates to like 42 texts um, have been reported to be positive for both Borrelia 
fluctuate and beryllium immortal. So it is we can it's pretty common to say that you can see both these uh, agents in the same tick. Wow. Now the deer ticks contract. Help me remember how how do they get Lyme disease? They they bite a so, mouse, right? Yes, they have to feed on a mouse that is uh, infected with the the Lyme disease agent. And then when they feed, the ticks get infected. And the Borrelia mutoi do the same processes. Basically, when they feed on an infected mice or any small mammal, they acquire the Borrelia mutoi. However, there is one difference is that Lyme disease bacterium doesn't, doesn't move from a fed female to the larvae. But Borrelia mutoi can actually be transmitted via a mom to the offsprings, like the fed females when they lay eggs and the legs hatched larvae, these larvae could potentially have Borrelia mutoi. So, so that's a big difference. Baby ticks can be born with this. Yes, baby ticks can be born with it. That's a well said. Yes. Wow. So how many ticks does a, anywhere a from three thousand to five thousand per female? So potentially this could like explode. So there are two schools of thought in this. There is only like a couple of publications on this trans ovarial transmission. That's how we call it from mom to the babies. Uh, one study shows that, yes, it is possible. However, it is very uh, less frequent. The other study kind of talks about the same thing, but they don't agree to it. So I think we still need to do a lot of uh, research on it to completely understand the possibility of mom-to-baby transmission. Do the uh, ticks transmit to other mammals? Do they transmit this BMD disease to other mammals or just humans? It is believed, well, it will be transmitting to any mammals that they feed on. Basically, it just transmits the whatever agent it has in its salivary gland and the saliva, and then it transmits. But we still don't know what is the primary reservoir, which wild animal is actually the reservoir for this Borrelia motorway. Unlike for the lion, we clearly know that Perimiscus leucopus, the white-footed mice, squirrels, and the deers are the primary carriers of the lion, but we don't know that for so that's the reason why I was insisting earlier that we still don't know a lot of information about the ecology of this disease. So there's a lot to still be learned. Exactly. Well, in central New York, as we're headed into the cooler months, um, do we need to be concerned with prevention of ticks if, yes, if we're would, out? Yes, I would say that I think we should still uh, follow the precautions of protecting ourselves from tick bites and also checking us Every time we come back from the woods or the outdoor activity, check us on us. The route. Uh, so we had, uh, last week we had our tick collection at the Green Lake State Park, and we saw a good number of ticks as well. In fact, all the ticks that we got were adults. Oh, okay. So in, Ju- in the month of July, we got a lot of nymphal ticks, but now we are seeing a lot of adult ticks on the emergence. So basically, I would advise anyone going outdoors, be prepared, be protect yourself, check yourself after your activity. So it's the adult ticks that are, are more active and looking to, to feed. At this time of the year, yes. So once we have a freeze, um, does that take care, does that kill all the ticks and we start over next spring? It doesn't normally die. They try to find cozy places to hide or hibernate during the winter months, and then in summer they will start to come out. So basically they don't necessarily die, but the activity will go down, which means that we will not uh, be exposed to the ticks. But if they're hibernating under leaves and people do um, hiking in the winter and they, they stir up the ticks, are the, are the ticks still Exposure active? to ticks during winter is rather rare, unless and until you are an you know, outdoorsman hunting those kind of activities. But other than that, I think the exposure is highly limited. 
We've talked about these two, Lyme and Borrelia miyamotoi. Miyamotoi, yes. Um, are there other tick-borne diseases that you see in Central New York, or that Central New Yorkers should be aware of? So the deer tick is a it's a unique tick vector tick in such a way that it transmits pretty much nine different tick-borne agents like ehrlichiosis uh, and anaplasmosis and uh, babesiosis as well. And also, you know, the virus of that uh, my lab is more interested in is the Powassan virus or the deer tick virus. So we are, we are checking the ticks for all the tick-borne agents that are transmitted in the north, northeast United States. Um, I would say that we haven't found any Powassan virus. That's a good news for the public to know. We haven't found any Powassan virus from all of our uh, citizen science testing and also from the ticks that we tested from the Green Lakes. None of them are positive for the viruses. And Powassan, what, remind me where that comes from. What, what is that one? What does that do? So Powassan is an encephalitic uh, disease causing virus. Uh, uh, it was originally identified from Ontario, Canada, a village named Powassan. That's how it's called, Powassan virus. So it is transmitted by the same tick that transmits Borrelia, Lyme disease agent Borrelia. And uh, it can, the only big uh, scary thing is that it is, the Powassan virus is transmitted from the tick to the human immediately upon attachment because this virus is ready in the salivary gland as soon as the tick latches on someone's body it spits the virus right at the feeding site and that's the most dangerous part of this virus plus uh, if in in 15 percent of the cases it can be fatal and 50 percent of the survivors could have long-term neurological sequelae and that's the you know disturbing part of it so it's a it's a relatively obscure pathogen but it's fatal and encephalitis is the swelling of the, the brain. brain and the spinal cord. And, exactly. Okay. Well, it's good that we haven't found any of that here then. Yeah, that's a good news. Uh, okay, so you mentioned nine, there's nine different bacteria and some viruses? Bacteria, that, protozoa, that and viruses, can. yes. And that's just in the deer tick? That's just in the deer tick. And uh, we are slowly starting to see Amblyomma americana ticks, which we commonly call as the lone star ticks. That do carry that do transmit uh, rickettsiosis, ehrlichiosis, and also uh, um, Bourbon virus and Heartland virus. So we are starting to see more of these um, ticks, uh, primarily from the southern part of the New York, like downstate area. We are starting to see a lot. You called it the lone star tick. Does that mean it's bigger? It's a bigger tick. Plus, it has a small dot at the back that resembles the star of the state of Texas. Oh, it does. So that's why it's called lone star tick. Can they survive in this climate if they're from yes, the south? Yes, they oh, are. They, they, they could do. survive. So ticks are very smart in surviving during the winter time. Now I know there's a Lyme um, disease virus for dogs. Um, Lyme disease there, vaccine or vaccine. I mean, yes. I'm sorry. Um, do they? Is there any vaccine available for BMD? Or uh, is there work on not that? At. No, not at. I don't think anyone has tried that. So this is a newly emerging field. A lot of researchers researchers are more interested to understand the disease mechanism, how to prevent it, how to diagnose it. So I think it is the next uh, uh, sort of disease that all the tick-borne researchers are looking forward to work with. Well, thank you to tick-borne disease expert, Dr. Sarvanan Thangamani, a professor of microbiology and immunology at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.